And this is kind of cliche, but I believe it. Don't let perfect get in the way of better. Just get started. Mm. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. And welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. I am so excited because today we have Daniel Engelbertson, who is the Director of Integrated Marketing at Phenonic. And so, man, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so something really great happened last night. Something pretty cool. Daniel and Phenonic won an ABME. That's right. And I actually had no idea I was going to win it. So. It was cool. I didn't even know we got nominated until after the fact because oh Liz, gosh. my my AE, nominated us. So that was cool. We just had some really interesting metrics in the campaign. I was mm-hmm. like, Liz, have you seen this? And next thing you know, <laughs> well, like a case study. Because uh, I mean, it was a, it was a smart campaign, but I just didn't didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be like that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you won the ABME for best demand generation campaign. That's right. And so, would love for you to just dive into what that campaign looked like what was the planning for it if you have metrics to throw out and just execution all that jazz absolutely so uh, phenomic sells into a few different verticals and in this context we're just talking about one vertical Mm -hmm. which we call internally opto electronics but to the world is basically chips that go on lasers that get fiber to your home that's the easiest way to put it also you know data to your phone or whatever and the, and the way that technology works essentially is the, the more wavelengths you can shoot out, the more data, the faster. And mm-hmm. so uh, our product allows you to basically get more data through the pipe so that you can go faster. So uh, that's, that's the product. As you can imagine, the, the vertical is not huge. There aren't that many companies in the world that make <laughs> cell towers and transceivers and things right. like that. So we had a fairly narrow audience in terms of how many companies exist in the world mm-hmm. that, that, that would be interested in phenomenic in this context. And so there was a roughly 100 accounts that mattered. And uh, we classed them into a couple of different categories, which we learned kind of in the process, mm-hmm. but roughly 100 accounts that mattered. And at Phenonic, uh, marketing as a formal function is less than a year old today. Wow. So Phenonic's a startup. So we haven't been doing it long as a company, but certainly mm-hmm. the folks on the team have, have done it before. And so when I started at Phenonic late last year, this was one of the verticals that we really needed to pay a lot of attention to because it was uh, something that was really significant for us hitting our objectives for 2018. Mm-hmm. So we jumped in and, and started by just kind of looking at what we had done in the past, if anything, and, and how we could make it smarter. And, and really, the only stuff we had really done before was like uh, sponsored webinars and events. And they were kind of one-off things. Right. So there wasn't necessarily a lot of thought into kind of stitching it all together. But that's what we had to go on, and we had basically the subs- the people who had registered for the last webinar that we had done a mm-hmm. few months prior, and that was basically it from a ready-made assets, right? right? And <laughs> so we didn't have a lot to work with, and we didn't know a lot about our target accounts. I mean, mm-hmm. we knew they were target accounts for for the right product reasons, but we didn't know a lot about them in terms of who was there and how we would engage them, exactly. et cetera. So... Um, 
because the list was relatively small, I mean, 100 accounts, mm-hmm. some of those barriers of how do I pick my accounts, you know, were kind of already solved for us because exactly. we were like, uh, we, we did narrow it past that. We, we have since narrowed it past that in some ways. But at the time, you know, 100 accounts wasn't a daunting thought compared to some who've got like 10,000 10, accounts or whatever they're trying to do. So what we wanted to try to do was to plan out how we were going to engage these accounts uh, over the next several months, you know, starting, this was kind of in November, December timeline mm-hmm. and starting really in January. And the only hard date, so to speak, was we had a, a trade show uh, in February. So that was basically mm-hmm. all, all we had. It was one we'd always gone to and kind of, kind of need to be there to be relevant in the right. space. So the biggest driver behind our initial thought was we, we needed to basically set appointments for the team at the show. And in this space, one big disadvantage we have is we're fairly small. And so as you can imagine, somebody who's building cell towers, you know, they, they can't afford to have a failure in the product, right? That's mm-hmm. not something that they want to see happen. And, and so there is a fear of working with a small supplier. And so what we needed to do was come off like a polished, not that we aren't polished, but like a mm-hmm. polished, legitimate supplier that, that could help you with your, cha- your business challenge. And, and we have a fairly strong competitive advantage, which we don't have to get into. And, and we needed to come off like we were, you know, bigger than we were. And we needed to engage the right accounts. We had a fairly tight timeline, you know, considering mm-hmm. the show was a, a couple of months out. And, um, and we hadn't really done any marketing to these folks before. So generally speaking, from an account perspective, we were kind of unknown. Don't get me wrong, sales certainly have been engaging some of these accounts to some capacity, but not at the scale you can get with an ABM campaign. Right. So, you know, that's where we started. And Terminus was kind of a fast time to value of engaging all those accounts at one time without knowing who at the account. Uh, we, so we went through the, you know, here are the pain points that we think our personas have. Here are the questions we think they're trying to get answers to. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a fairly basic fight sheet on our product versus the competition. That was really the only quote unquote hard asset we produced out the gate. Yeah. And because our challenge was, you basically getting the value prop in front of them and because we couldn't even get in front of them because of our challenges of being a small a small company. So that's what we did. We built that thing and we that uh, fight sheet and we started the marketing up initially and that turned into, you know, pre-show pre-show invitations, post-show invitations and then it kind of broadened into LinkedIn advertising and some press releases mm-hmm. we dropped and and as we were doing this we started learning more about the accounts and more about who had the accounts so we started iterating job titles that we were targeting we actually looked at who we scanned at the booth and shifted all of our targeting based on who actually came to the booth because yeah. we well I don't want to say shifted all of it but we definitely appended quite a few titles to what we had been targeting we also discovered a number of accounts that we didn't know about from, from some of that. And, and so we started, started iterating on that. But what we saw was when running Terminus ads at these accounts versus the activities we had done prior to doing uh, Terminus, you know, we saw significant improvements in open rates for the emails. I don't know. I think it was something like 85% lift in open rates uh, on the emails. And we saw a lot of engagement in the and I actually kind of all know sales and marketing alignment is kind of a big deal for ABM. And we, I got kind of lucky on that because this campaign did so well. When our folks showed up at the show, people were like, hey, I saw your logo on an ad. Or like they were getting those kind of comments, <laughs> yeah. which the sales team had never heard that. 
I think one of the anecdotals was like uh, one of our guys was on a plane and one of our target accounts saw his logo on the shirt and talked to him about it and the fact that they had seen the ad and that like just blew the sales guy's mind right because they had never we had never done anything like yeah. that they had never experienced that and so you know from that point sales was like okay how do we how do we get better at this you know so you know the planning there was certainly some planning in terms of you know here's the timeline here's who we got to hit and here's the core objective initially which was getting appointments set for the show which I think our target was 14 and we ended up getting 17. So mm-hmm. we did very well on that front. But then we also just needed to, it was our first Terminus campaign. It was our first real quote unquote marketing campaign at, at, at Phenonic for that vertical. As I mentioned, I was still new at the time. I certainly have done marketing in the past. So don't let me tell you it's the first campaign I ever did, <laughs> Not a big but game. it was the first one we did at, at Phenonic for that vertical. And so we had a lot that we needed to learn in the process. And then we just iterated on top of it. So that was kind of the the planning, and then we came in and and did checkup on it along the way, and kind of it's still running today, and in its own way, it's evolved uh, since then. But initially, it was a pretty straightforward awareness kind of air cover type campaign with some you know light metrics around like signups for appointments at the booth, but that was what we initially were trying to do. And then it really took off from there. Right. Did you do any other use any other tools or? pursue any other ways of doing ABM other than, you know, using Terminus ad? Yeah. So we definitely, I mean, this is a very close second to Terminus, but we definitely mm-hmm. ran a lot of LinkedIn ads as yeah. well. We definitely did some email marketing as well. We just like a lot of folks will do, we got the pre-show attendee list or whatever and broke it down into, into the right kinds of segments and did some very personalized Hi, my name is Daniel. This isn't exactly how it went. Hi, my name is Daniel. I'm from Phenonic. We're researching in these categories. We see that your company, you know, company XYZ and, and people with roles like ABC, we're trying to interview people like that to learn more about what you need. And it was a very like non-salesy. We're doing research yeah. from the product manager, trying to you know innovate in new ways for you. And we're trying to meet you at, at the show. And so we did some emailing as well. We ended up layering on some uh, outbound calling as well to the people that are coming in. And then we have since done some additional webinars and stuff like that too. So it has become a very multi-tactic campaign at the time when we first launched it. It was primarily the planned ones were primarily email and uh, and Terminus. And then we quickly layered this other stuff on. And, And when I say at the time and all that, mostly what we're talking about today is basically February, March, and April. Right. That's what we're talking about. So we kind of did the planning, you know, leading into the beginning of the year. We started kind of building the stuff in January, launching it in February. The event was in February. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then from the event, you know, which was fairly early in this, we learned quite a bit. And we kept rolling on that effort through about uh, April. And then since then, that particular effort has, has basically been cut off and we've moved on to other stuff in the same vertical. So. Gotcha. So if you could go back to when you first started or when you, you know, were planning this whole campaign, would you do anything differently? And if so, what would you do differently? So we definitely learned a lot. You know, I think a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, we didn't have a plan for how we were going to refresh the creative Mm -hmm. before we started, which is, I think, something you should do. Because what will happen is you don't have a plan on how you're going to refresh the creative is you probably won't refresh the creative. Because you're probably going to move on to something else. Exactly. And if you do refresh the creative, you're probably not going to do it on the same cadence. 
And also, if you do all the creative up front, especially if you're like us and you're having a, an agency execute the actual creating of the creative, mm-hmm. it's cheaper to do all the sets at one time versus doing it one at a time. And so what we ended up doing was running the same creative way too long, in my opinion, which, you know, people mm-hmm. get what do they call ad fatigue, you know, where they basically tune out the ads because they've seen it so right. many times. So that was one key thing that I learned since then, which is, you know, have a plan for how you're going to refresh the creative and do it. You know, another thing in retrospect that I wish we would have been better about was it was taking advantage of the, the title layering in more detail. Mm. Um, we could have done a better job of more thoroughly researching the titles we cared about and layering that into the targeting. I think that once we got towards the end of this campaign and actually what initially kicked off this whole discovery of, of how this campaign had done was, you know, I was looking at a month of ad. It was, it was after the show, and we were a couple months into it, and I was looking at the last month's performance after I had launched some new creative. And I saw over a period of a month, we had $0.69 cent cost per click and a 1.74 click-through rate. And I was like, how? This is clearly bad data. Like, there's no way it's a $0.69 cent cost <laughs> per click. So I bump over to LinkedIn and look at what our cost per click on LinkedIn is, like $6.50 or something, which right. is kind of what you expect. I'm like, $0.69. Cents. So I really started diving into that, and it was just, you know, we had redone our targeting on who we were targeting in terms of the, the, the titles. We had kind of narrowed the focus of the ads a little bit more to be very targeted on them. We had learned what topics they cared about from the show and kind of integrated that in. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a perfect storm of, you know, really honing what we were trying to say to them, really honing who we're trying to say it to. And then the timing of the whole thing where we saw that happen. I think the whole campaign for the three or four months that it ran, I think the average cost cost per click ended up being in like the $7 range or 6 or $7 range across all clicking that was happening. You know, and cost per click is not the end all be all metric, but that was just a really interesting one that had me kind of looking closer yeah. at it. And then we started looking at, well, how are our open rates versus, you know, before versus after and all these kinds of things. So all the discovery of how well it had done was all kind of retroactively looking at it, you know, because we had a lot of anecdotal feedback that it was going well. But at Phenonic at the time, you know, this was our first campaign. We had a lot of campaigns to run. I think right now we've got 25 tactics maybe running in in the Mm -hmm. platform. You know, by the way, it's a team of one doing it. So, you know, we had a lot to move on to. So the focus was more about getting going than, you know, than spending a lot of time looking at the details of how well it was going. Mostly I was looking for account penetration and sales feedback. You yeah. Know, that was mostly what we were looking for. And so I didn't I didn't really go in and look at the, the metrics. Right. So I mean, to more succinctly answer the question, narrow your targeting uh, or really get your eye, arms around the titles you care about on the front end and have a plan for how you're going to refresh the, the creative or the cadence that you're going to refresh the creative before you get started so you can really get the most out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So... My last question for you, just to sort of wrap this up, is if you had one piece of advice for someone who is trying to do a campaign like this or who's trying to do ABM, they're, they're trying to run a demand generation campaign, which every marketer in the world is always trying to do, mm-hmm. what would your advice be? It's really tough to boil it down to one piece of advice, but <laughs> I would say... And this is kind of cliche, but I believe it. Don't let perfect get in the way of better. Just get started. Mm. I think I probably have illustrated already in the conversation. I wasn't necessarily focused on having it perfect. I just wanted to get started. Because yeah. if we didn't get started, it wasn't going to get started. Exactly. And, and it was more important to start engaging the accounts and start learning and start testing 
than to get it perfect. And especially if you're just getting started on your on your terminus journey, as I was, you might come into it thinking, I'm gonna do this one campaign, I'm gonna target these one set of accounts, and this is gonna crush it. But I think if you focus too much on that one thing, well, number one, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. What if it doesn't go well? But right. number two, you're, the, the quote unquote marginal effort of doing that next campaign mm-hmm. is minimal once you get started. And so you, you're better off doing lots of things and seeing what works mm-hmm. than trying just one thing. So that, I think, is probably what I would push people to do. Right. Daniel, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Congratulations again for your ABMing. Congratulations to Phenomic. Happy to have you here. Thanks. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.